Welcome to Demand Does the Six Questions, where the same six questions can tell a unique story. I am your host, Demond, father of two, husband of one, and leader of this here Demodcast. And my guest was born in Detroit, and after serving in the U.S. Army, he earned his bachelor's degree in computer networking and two masters in computer science. He now writes mysteries, high-octane thrillers, and speculative fiction, such as the Tease Trilogy and the Taurus Moon series. Please help me welcome author Keith Gaston. Hello, everyone. So how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. Had a busy day of actual computer work. Like you said, I'm in the computer field. And now it's a little break for me to get away from that. Yay! Keith Gaston, are you ready for the six questions? Let's go for it. Question number one. When did you know you wanted to be a writer? Oh, I was around nine years old. I used to write comic books with my friends. So we would go around reading, you know, Marvel and DC, and then we would get together and decide to create our own characters, our own world. And we would have these stories that would go on, you know, for years. <laughs> it was great. As I had gotten older and joined the military, I was out in the field a lot. Uh, by the field, I meant I was out doing, I was in the infantry, so I was out in the woods a lot. And during the downtime, I used to write a read paperback book. And it kind of inspired me to want to write my own. So I decided at that point to start writing paperback. As time went on, I never really finished any of them while I served in the military. It wasn't until I went into college and started up to writing research papers and everything that it inspired me to now write again. This time, something different than research and technical papers. So, so I started working on my first novel, 13, at that point, which is a supernatural novel. It was history from there. What's kind of funny was the fact that I started out with comic books, but in all my writings, I have only written one book that had anything to do with superheroes, which was in the anthology series Black Powers, the superhero anthology. Mm -hmm. And my story in there was uh, Black Licorice. I know it's an odd name, but it makes sense by the time you reach the end of the story. Black Licorice? <laughs> Like licorice. <laughs> you know, it was Balkagon Ogagam. Uh, you know, I'm going to mess up his name, but Balkagon, another writer, he was joking about a title and he said, Oh, just call it Black Licorice. <laughs> so, when it, so, just for fun, I wrote my story around that title. Are you serious? Yeah. That's awesome. And it ended up being one of my favorite stories. So if you have an opportunity to read Black Powers, make sure you read Black Liquors. Question number two. What do you wish you had known when you first started out? 
Well, I wish I had treated my writing more as a business than a hobby when I started out. As much as I enjoyed storytelling, I did not take it seriously as I should have because of the, at least the business end of the writing because I had a full-time job. I had income coming in. So it was more of a hobby to me. What I did not do at that time that I would do today, I didn't really build and maintain the fan base like I should have. I should have had letters going out, you know, ways to keep them coming in and reading new material. I didn't do that, and I regret that. Back in that time, when I started writing, it was 2005, 2006. There was a, the, the, well, it still goes on today, but it was even bigger than about people who were indie writers versus traditional writers. I think a part of me, I didn't want to admit that I was an indie writer at that time. So I didn't really push the book that I was publishing. Now I'm a proud indie writer and I tout, you know, I tell everyone, you know, if you're going to publish yourself, you know, be proud, you know, do not listen to the naysayers, just keep doing what you're doing and enjoy what you're doing. That's what I should have done back then. I should have just enjoyed what I was doing and pushed my books the way I should have been, the way I do now. What's the biggest difference, like, as far as your process goes as a hobbyist versus as a business person now? I'm thinking of the long term. I'm not just thinking of, I'm thinking of what the next book is going to be, how it's going to tie in. Uh, I'm thinking about how I can branch out with that story. I may not just do a paperback. I'm, I'm also thinking, have an audio book and maybe have a graphic novel that ties in with that, with that novel, which I did not think about at that time. Question number three. What is your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant? <laughs> my, my daughter would laugh at me right now. I do not have a favorite anything. <laughs> She's always teasing me about that. It, it's kind of, it's not really a, uh, an indoor restaurant. It, it's a place that I like. It's a barbecue place called Barbecue King. They do their grilling barbecue and outside and they only do it during the weekend. And that's the spot that I like to take my family to. You know, we go there, everyone picks what they like, you know, rib tips. I like the steak. Uh, my daughter likes the chicken. <laughs> and that's the place we like to do. Barbecue! How did you discover this place? Well, we were driving, because they're outside, we were just driving down the road, and we seen it. And it had, there was a crowd of people just standing outside the restaurant. Well, not the restaurant, the grill. And we were like, okay, let's try it out. So it was a spur-of-the-moment thing. Question number four. What are you curious about? I'm curious why some people, I'm curious why people find indie music makers, filmmakers, 
and indie video game makers acceptable today. I mean, they'll talk proudly about it. These are fans so much so they show their appreciation to these creators by awarding major awards and having festivals for them. But in the meanwhile, indie authors are still frowned upon. They still look for traditional publishing rather than the indie. You, it's funny how many times that I've gone, I'm selling books at a conference, and one of the first questions are, is, uh, do you sell your book in the bookstore? Are they available in the bookstore? Can I get them from Barnes & Noble? <laughs> so I, I'm still, after 15 years, I'm still asked that question at least four or five times a year. So I am curious what it will take for people to realize that just because we're indie does not mean that you're going to have a less quality uh, piece of work from the artist. I find that weird myself. And you don't have any answers for that, I'm assuming. (laughs) I have not. You know, it's kind of funny. Sometimes I want to just ask, do you even go to the bookstore? (laughs) Sometimes I think they're asking the question just to make sure I have the book in the bookstore, but they won't go to the bookstore to verify it's there. So I could say anything. That's, yeah, that's weird with, uh, with bookstores becoming more rare, I guess. That's, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, they're closing down, da- you know, some of them are closing down that somebody has this, like, well, are you in a bookstore? I'm like, does it really matter? <laughs> <laughs> you, the funny thing is, is that the bookstores, they are coming back, but they're all indie stores. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let me make sure I got this straight. We're on the same page. Mm-hmm. People will come to you, an indie author who has you've written multiple books. How many books have you written? How many novels have you written? About twenty. You've written twenty novels as an indie writer. Yeah. They ask you if you're in in the bookstores, but yeah. the bookstore that they're gonna go to is likely to be an indie bookstore when they're asking the question they always bring up barnes and noble why but what i'm saying is is that the resurgence of bookstores that is going on right now are all indie bookstores so (laughs) so they're more than likely they would be going to the indie bookstores, not Barnes and Noble, to get the book because the bar- the indie stores are in the neighborhood. I'm just going to leave that there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Am I confusing? No, no, it's not. It's it's absurd. Not your take on it, but like just that that whole situation. It just it's it's one of those. It doesn't make sense to me. It's one of those circular reasoning things that just that, like when you're on the outside looking in on it, and I'm talking about from the author perspective, but from the customer's perspective and watching that conversation go down and be like, mm-hmm. oh, that does it. Like you have no idea. Okay. Gotcha. It just, it just, I just found it odd. Now you see why I'm curious. Question number five. Is there anything I should have asked? But didn't you didn't ask about my upcoming audiobook, Wicked and Preternatural Awakening? 
could you tell me about your upcoming audiobook? What's the title again? It is Wicked and Preternatural Awakening. Could you tell me about your upcoming audiobook, Wicked and Preternatural Awakening? Please. <laughs> the audiobook will be coming out, and it is read by an excellent voice actor named Kayla Williams. Wicked and Pretty Natural is the first book in the series featuring monster hunter Zoe Daniels. Uh, the ebook and the paperback actually came out where they were released earlier this year, around April. And the uh, second book for the series will be released next year, and that's called Bitter and Demonic, which will, it, like I said, will be released in 2021. But I'm really looking forward to the audio book that's coming out. Uh, it, it, I think it's going to be, uh, I'm hoping it, it's a huge hit. <laughs> uh, give me the elevator pitch. What's it about? The Wicked and Preternatural is about a monster hunter who takes on a job from this elderly woman, mysterious elderly woman, to find her grandson. Now, she typically goes after monsters, but this, for some reason, she's compelled to help this woman out. It leads into a lot of action between a were hyena <laughs> and a, I'll just call the character a half human, half phoenix. I use a lot of um, African mythology in the story. It's a really action packed story. And it has humor in it, and I think everyone will enjoy it. Question number six. If you could create a new holiday, what would it commemorate? I think I would have a black speculative fiction Indies Writers Day where you would have festivals, <laughs> you would have awards going out to the different authors. I think that would be a fun time for both writers and the readers that's the day i would have that sounds like a fun day to me <laughs> you know what we could put it in uh black speculative fiction month which is october you know what we, let's get a hold of milton davis and bologna oj dante and uh and everybody else that involved in this movement and let's make that happen that that is definitely feasible yeah it sounds like a plan <laughs> There's one more thing I'm curious about. I was flipping through your your catalog and like, tell me about Taurus Moon. Oh, Taurus Moon. Okay. Taurus Moon is a relic hunter, but he only searches for supernatural artifacts. He's a very fun character, right? There's Taurus, his best friend, Gully, who has magical abilities, but he doesn't really know how to use them. Built with action and humor. So it's heavy. The first book is really heavy on the humor. And in the second book, I toned it down a bit because I don't like to rehash the same thing that I've written about. And the third book in the series, there's like five short stories. But Taurus Moon, really the first book that I really decided that I was going to make a series out of, a continuing series. It's a really fun book. I, it's in the it's in the vein of uh, the Mummy movies with Brandon Fraser, I guess. Oh, okay. 
So it has a tone like that with the humor and the action. Pulp style action with uh, being a little cheeky. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. You're about to get a bunch of my money. Dang it. <laughs> well, you know, I have, well, if they go, if you go to my Facebook page, I have audiobook codes, promo codes. I can give away free uh, audiobooks uh, for the U.S. and UK. UK. Uh, so if anyone's interested, just give me, just send me a uh, text of, and I will go ahead and provide the code. Fan freaking tastic! You will be getting my text as soon as we get off the phone. <laughs> cool. <laughs> This is the part where you tell everybody uh, how to find you since we just started with Facebook. Okay. You can find me with my Facebook page is author underscore DK Gaston at Facebook, Facebook, of course. My website is DKGaston.com. I had a KeithGaston.com, but I let that one go, and I'm going to combine the, the two web pages because it didn't make sense for me to have two. And I'm avail I'm you can find me on Twitter as well. Under DK or Keith? Under DK. All righty. Thank you so much for your time, man. I I appreciate it and I know the listeners are gonna appreciate it too. Thank you so much. No, thank you. This was this has been a lot of fun. I like to I like to talk. <laughs> So, and, and like I said, I really, I really enjoyed this and uh, wouldn't mind doing it again in the future if you ever want me to talk. And thank you for Daryl listening for hanging out with us for those last 20 minutes or so. And please remember to share this on your social media, share this with your friends, leave a rating or review. That's how the show grows. And next week. I talked to an OG blurred about the three phases of creation, the downside of writing, and his lack of love for veggies. My guest is the talented and really funny Cranston Bernie. So until next time, see it, hear it, speak it, live.